Open up that crystal Pepsi and get comfortable. This is Dope Nostalgia. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Dope Nostalgia. This is episode 110. And I'm your host, Naomi. My special guest today is our good friend, Kendra. And her and I got together to chat about one of our very favorite 90s albums. Right at the end of the decade, it was Backstreet Boys' Millennium, released on May 18th, 1999. It has a huge history in pop music. We also finally got some calls to the hotline that we're going to share with you. So before we get into all that, here's some dope nostalgia news. Hot off the presses. Adjust those rabbit ears. You got that antenna pulled up? It's time for some dope nostalgia news. <laughs> Our special guests from episode 53, Canadian hard rock band Sven Gali, have a new album coming out. If you go to their Instagram, Sven Gali Official, Here's what it says. Their first single from their forthcoming album, Bombs and Battle Scars, is now available for streaming and purchase. Head on over to Svengali's Instagram, click on their bio, and get yourself the link to their cover of a song by Triumph, Spellbound. Celebrating the album No Strings Attached by InSync. I ran a poll a couple weeks ago back on our Twitter and Instagram pages asking you which is the better song from the two singles. Bye, 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 or it's going to be me. Well, you guys voted. And the winner with 39 votes was bye, bye, bye. With 24 votes, it's going to be me came in a close second. But they're both amazing songs. You know it. Make sure you subscribe to our Instagram or our Twitter to participate in future polls. Right after our second anniversary episode, I asked you to give us a call on our voicemail line. That's 780-851-8785 and leave us a message. Well, a couple of you did leave us a message. Check these out. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what the fuck are you calling? And who the fuck is really here? They call Call it, I call it. Fuck you, buddy. Have a good one. Hi, Naomi. Hey, Naomi. It's Chris and Adrian. We were calling because we saw your last podcast and you said you're not getting enough messages. And we thought this would be the perfect opportunity to drop in, say hello, and say... Happy anniversary. Oh, my gosh. Another year of dope nostalgia. So exciting. Yes. And... We just want to wish you the best for this upcoming year. We know it's going to be so much fun. And we love you. And thanks for having fun on your show. All right. Love you. Yay. Bye. Bye. Yay, that was amazing. Thank you so much, Chris and Adrian from Rat Tail. Make sure you check out their YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Rat Tail. It's so much fun. I love you guys. Thanks for the call. As for the call before that, I have my suspicions on who that could be. But do you remember when Colin said... Anyone who calls and leaves him a message telling him to fuck off, he's going to give him $2. So whoever you are, come forward for your $2. All right? It's worth it. Keep those messages coming, guys. We have a good time. 
We'd love to hear what you have to think about the show and what you'd like to see happen on the show or just be silly and call us. Wikipedia moment. Please bear in mind that Wikipedia is not to be taken as actual 100% fact. Any donkey could edit it at any time. If I'm reading you the artist's bio, that stuff is real truth. Millennium is the third studio album and the second in the U.S. by American boy band Backstreet Boys, released by Jive Records in May of 1999. It was a highly anticipated follow-up to both their U.S. debut album and their second internationally released album. Millennium held the record for most shipments in one year, with 11 million shipments sold in the United States in 1999. It was nominated for five Grammy Awards and became one of the best-selling albums of all time, selling 24 million copies worldwide. The Backstreet Boys promoted Millennium through the Into the Millennium Tour, which became one of the fastest-grossing tours of all time. Following the release of their first U.S. album, Backstreet Boys, and second international album, Backstreet's Back, selling 27 million copies, the Backstreet Boys were met with critics accusing them of being a flash in the pan and misconceptions that they earned a lot of money. Because from 1997 to 98, the band filed a lawsuit against manager Lou Pearlman, stating that they only received $300,000. That's it. From recording and touring while he kept over $10 million. Perlman claimed to be the sixth Backstreet Boy and revealed to them that he managed rival boy band NSYNC, who sold over six million copies of their debut, stating that it's just business. On September 18, 1998, the band left their management company, Right Stuff, which was formerly associated with Perlman's record company, Transcontinental Records. Millennium debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, where it remained for 10 non-consecutive weeks. It sold 1.134 million copies in its first week of release, breaking the previous SoundScan record held by Garth Brooks for single-week record sales. This record was subsequently overtaken in 2000 by NSYNC with the release of No Strings Attached. It still became the best-selling album of 1999, selling 9,445,000 blah 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 copies. Wow. Well. We love Millennium. It's one of the best BSB albums that was ever made. Welcome, Kendra, while we talk about it. <laughs> I'm going to actually record this episode, okay? Going to actually record it this time, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to... Oh. But it's so fun. That. It's so fun to try and do it once and then do it again a second time and see if you do it anything like you did the first time. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a big waste of everyone's time. <laughs> well, other than the drinking the beer part. Oh, that's good. I just, I'll have any excuse to go on Zoom and drink. Hasn't that been our life since 2020? Yeah, and it hasn't gone. It's gotten back, but not all the way. We're not drinking every other night. It's like every third night now. Nah, it's every other night. Okay. <laughs> For me anyway. Um, but uh, to just go back. I mean, when you first, when you as a Backstreet Boys fan became a fan, how did it happen? Uh, so it was like right from their first, um, first album, the one with the uh, get down, get down and move it all around. Um, that I, I was, I say, 
97, I think that came out. 96, 96, I think. Um, and it was really big with like a lot of my classmates. Everybody kind of listened to it. And uh, uh, me and my one like friend, like my best friend at the time, um, you know, you kind of go through friends when you're a kid, like their friends, yeah. they're my best friend for the year. And then you're um, she and I both were really into that album. We used to listen to it all the time. And um, and so, yeah, I that it started then. And I just kept listening to them all through, you know, junior high and high school. Just and grew then, with them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, due to some audio problems with Zoom that day, some of the stuff came out really garbled. So um, I'm just going to fill in some blanks here for you. Kendra and I were talking about how we discovered Backstreet Boys. She told me her story there. Um, I was just telling her basically that the first time I heard them was Get Down when that video came out on Much Music. Um, I was like, what the hell are these guys? trying? Are they trying to be new kids? So at first I did not take kindly to them. But then by the time Backstreet's Back came out, they started to grow on me. And then my fandom went from there. Then Kendra and I started discussing Max Martin and Mutt Lang being involved in Millennium and what amazing producers and songwriters they are. So we'll go back into the uh, actual recording. Like, look at how many hits Mutt Lang has been a part of, especially like with the Shania Twain stuff. And then on top of that, Max Martin's worked with people like Pink, too, and some of her big, big hits, he was on them. So Max Martin pretty much wrote everything at the end of the 90s that was out (laughs) in pop music. Yeah, he was he's going to be a very rich man if he is a very rich man because he's so talented at writing the hook and so is Mutt Lang like those two are absolute geniuses in writing pop and rock hooks so with those guys in your team you're gonna have a good time yeah absolutely (laughs) and honestly this album is so stellar like I honestly can't say that any of the songs on it are even remotely like close to being like bad yeah I mean this album, Millennium, is the album we're going to talk about today. It was released in May of 1999, so it's hard to believe, but this album is almost 23 years old now. How does that make you feel? Old <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. And, like, I remember this being, like, a pretty hyped album. Like, I remember thinking, like, there was so much promotion on this, and I, everybody knew it was coming out. And Oh, yeah. And also just the the singles that they got off of this album, they like I don't know one person that wasn't singing along to the singles like on the radio. You you get those mm-hmm. people who are naysayers or don't really like them, and they still like you know you listen to anybody at karaoke these days, they still sing "I Want It That Way." <laughs> like that song is like a staple. Karaoke song. It was a huge album, um, and marked a huge point in pop music for the late nineties. It was nominated for five Grammy Awards, and you don't get to hear that very often with boy band music. No, yeah, because they're kind of deemed kind of more like kind of fluff type music sometimes. But the thing is, I think one of the things that's so great about this album is the the production and the musicality of it is brilliant. Like, obviously, there's probably reasons you get like, you know, I'm sure the fans and 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 saying which Backstreet Boy is their favorite probably plays a part a lot in like who gets divvied what because you know you get the favorites out mm-hmm. there you know you got like you got new kids with like Jordan and 
Joey, you got a lot of girls that like the other ones too, but vocally, I think those ones are always the ones that are in the forefront because a lot of people like them. And same thing with the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, but here's something we didn't know. So every version of Britney Spears' debut album, Baby One More Time, at that time, released prior to Millennium, contained previews of three songs as hidden tracks of the Millennium album placed at the end of the album against Britney's wishes. So I had no idea, though. That's crazy. Yeah. This yeah, no, I'm just reading that. With, like, with albums back then. That was a Jive concept, though. That's what they were doing. Everybody was on Jive Records, man. Yeah, there Everybody. was a lot of people. Yeah. It was a happening label at that time. The big three, like the of the of that day. I think all in sync and Britney and Backstreet were all on drive. Yeah. Yeah. But so then the lead up to Millennium coming out, like you said, the promotion was massive. The show like TRL is on the same idea. Um yeah. the fans were insane. They were rabid for it. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, it, and, and so there were similarities that brought me back to my days as a kid with the new kids when I was seeing all the screaming girls and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The only difference was it was a little more, I don't know. I wouldn't say they were more accessible because we didn't have social media even quite yet. Yeah, not, not quite not yet. Quite. It was, the internet you know, was in use. Now we were was. trying to have websites and stuff. Yeah, but like stuff like Facebook didn't come out for at least a few years later, like like 2007, I would say, close yeah. to that or maybe sooner. And that was kind of the beginning of social media was was <laughs> yeah. around this time of Facebook. Yeah. That's when but, it really took off for sure. Yeah. But I mean, we're at the point now where we have the internet. So if they're off doing whatever, the paparazzi are there, they're taking photos, they will be published online right yeah. away. So they're they're the the privacy is starting to get slimmer for all celebrities at this time. So that's kind of a way of that's kind of like social media 1.0, you know. Yeah, the ability for the fans to interact like that. So that was a good thing to have. Good or bad, however you want to take that. <laughs> I had a Backstreet Boys website. Did it was you? on Angel on Angel Fire. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Forgot what I called it. I totally forgot what I called it. It was mostly just pictures and stuff, you know, like of the boys, my favorite pictures. Here's some Nick pics. Here's AJ pics. Here, you know, like you didn't get a lot of web space back then because like you've maybe got 10 megabytes. 10 megabytes now is nothing. Yeah. So I had to limit it to pictures. Couldn't put any, any music it, up. You know, it's funny to think back on like what you had to do to do things back then and how it was just there's so little access to things that if you did get something you felt like oh, I'm such a hacker I got this but like because mm-hmm. like, like there was like uh the pink forum there was the one girl who posted I think she was an admin on it and she would find like the obscure type stuff that we wanted to see of pink and she'd post it and I'm like I have access to all the cool stuff people don't <laughs> even know like thought it was so cool there although there was a one time where before her album got out there was like snippets that were leaked and I got to hear the first like verse chorus of almost every song on oh. the album yeah and so I actually kind of half knew the album before it even came out <laughs> wow yeah so like but that wasn't me that was somebody else doing all the work and i just benefited from it no kidding that was a good album too um so 
if you talk about each of the ba- the members of Backstreet Boys, we'll start um, on my left, <laughs> on your right with AJ. Is it McLean or McLean? I think it's McLean. I'm trying to point, but I can't. There it is. <laughs> I've always wondered how to pronounce it. I think he says McLean. I think, oh, maybe. It, it's spelt McLean, so maybe. Yeah. Um, so AJ is always known for his stylish um, shavings into his face. he's very creative with his facial his very facial creative facial hair um he was what would have been considered the bad boy of the the bad boy yeah although i'm sure he wasn't you know he wasn't like evil or anything he's had his struggles aj's had his struggles yeah he has with alcohol right so did nick Nick was also mm-hmm. going through both with like drugs and alcohol too. I don't know about the other three guys, but I know both Nick and AJ went through it. Um, but AJ's doing great now. You can follow him. He's so addicted to TikTok. He's on there with his kids all the time and stuff. I know. Brian's tone is my favorite of all five of them. It's butter. Like seriously, yeah. it's so good. Smooth. Yeah. And it's, it's very distinct. I mean, that's another cool thing is I think all the guys in this group have very distinct voices. I can tell who they are right away. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, it's great. Like, like it, it's really cool about all of them is they have very distinct voices, but they blend so nicely together, which is not always the case when you have so many distinct voices. Mm-hmm. Um, you sometimes don't blend. Sometimes they can clash, but they are an exception. Yeah. I'd agree with that. And then we got our, our base, Kevin, Kevin, big yes. cousin. He's yeah. the older father figure of the group. Yeah. And cousins with Brian. Yeah. Blood, blood with Brian, but uh, he doesn't get a lot of leads. He gets a few here and there. And like, doesn't he do, um, now I can see that we've fallen apart. That's yeah. Kevin, right? Yeah, that's him. That's a very important part of the song, the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. It's gearing up for the big notes. So, mm-hmm. well, Kevin left the group for a while. He was settling down with his wife and just needed a break. Yeah. It was fine too, because he eventually came back. And when he did, oh, he my made a goodness. grand entrance back too, didn't he? Um, they were on the NKOG BSB tour. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was in the middle of I Want It That Way, because <laughs> there's a live video of it all over YouTube where, um, they get to the part right after the second chorus and then the light the spotlight comes out and it just lands on kevin kevin comes out of nowhere and then he starts singing his part and everybody goes fucking insane yeah he's back (laughs) i think it was the la show and then after that he was pretty much back in yeah after the nkot bsb tour ended they started working with kevin on stuff again new music that's awesome yeah, I love it. And then the notorious Nick, Nick yep. Carter. The pink crocodile. <laughs> the pink crocodile, exactly. The massacre <laughs> pink crocodile. Oh. He, I, I'd say arguably he was probably the most popular member of Backstreet Boys. I would say so. Like, he, ha- he was the baby of the group and had the baby face of the group yeah and uh, he's he's the raspy one because he's he's one i think like you hear most would be influenced by rock and roll more than pop music because mm-hmm. he grew up listening to journey as his favorite band and he loved brian adams and bon jovi and all these other bands too like that were yeah. rock bands. 
So you can hear the rock that comes out of that kid. Oh, absolutely. I shouldn't yeah. call him kid. He's only a couple of years younger than me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you can definitely hear that. There's a solo song called Do I Have to Cry for You? Do you know that one? That to me is a Brian Adams song. Oh gosh, even the melody line like is very Brian Adams-esque. I can totally see that. For you, Brian Adams has a song called Do I Have to Say the Words? Kind of like that <laughs> one too. Yeah. Fuck. Love but it. Like, That's my favorite. I love rock songs like that. Before we get into the album, we have to touch on one more guy. Howie doing? It's Howie D. Howie D always winking at the camera. With the exception of Kevin, each of them have solo albums. So oh, yeah. I'd no, really like true. to take a listen to, to Howie's solo album for sure. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see like where he would go. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he would keep to like that kind of Spanish flavor because we'll get to know. that song, obviously, um, Spanish eyes, but like I think it really showcases the Let's talk about Millennium, the album track by track. I don't know if we're gonna have to play samples because oh we might whatever a lot of these songs we all know the great thing i find about this album in general of all 12 tracks i don't think there's filler not at all every song is good they could have released any one of these songs and i think they would have done well Mm -hmm. like well they did release so many of them but uh officially considered to be four singles yeah i want it that way then larger Larger, than life yeah Show me the meaning. Show me the meaning. And the one, I think. Yes. Yeah. But some of them are so well known and played that you'd think that they might have been singles, but they're not. Yeah. Because so many people know them still. And I love, I love, love, love as a karaoke singer. If I, if I sing anything off this album, I usually sing like, don't want to lose you now, or don't want you back or back to your heart. And someone in the crowd, if there's a, a BSB fan will always go nuts when they hear it. Yeah. Because it's a millennium song. Right. And then you got there, you got them in your pocket and you guys are having a good time together for the rest of the night. You and the stranger. This is how you weed out all of the, the Backstreet Boys fans. And then you start drinking and partying together for the <laughs> night. <laughs> yes. And I believe that every single song on this album is on karaoke. I think so. It makes me very happy. I know. I, I, I know I've sang the perfect fan before. Mm-hmm. I sang that uh, back when uh, my wife and I used to host family karaoke and we used to do like theme shows and we did a Mother's Day one. I sang that uh, one for my mom. I was going to say, this is the, the perfect, the, let's start with the last song on the album, The Perfect Fan. <laughs> the Perfect Fan. We're going to just skip Since right we're there. Yeah. This is the very last song of the album uh, written for your mama. I think Brian's a co-writer on it. Yep. Um, it's a, such a sweet song. And when you think about Mother's Day songs, there's Mother Lover by Lonely Island. Mama by the Spice Girls. And this one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what Mother it's Lover says? Do you even know what Mother Lover says? I know the song, yeah. We should fuck each other's mothers. I'll push yeah. in that lady where you came out as a baby. Ain't no doubt. This shit is crazy. That's brilliant. So, so sentimental. Anyway, back to the perfect fan. Uh, a less vulgar version of uh, celebrating your mom. It's pretty much the opposite. Um, it's sweet. It is super sweet. Yeah. It's got that choiry sound to it at the end. We got a full choir in there. And it's yeah. just like, it's a nice it's way to wrap up. It's the perfect mama's there. boy song. And it, I love the sentiment. 
Um, but you know, like I, I loved, you know what I loved about this too? Cause like with all of the boy bands and boy, uh, boy bands, boy and girls <laughs> mm-hmm. edit all the boy bands and all the girls, all girl the bands, boy bands and the girl bands and the girl bands. Um, it's funny how a lot of times, like they would kind of correlate with each other on things like there's just always parallels right so like with the spice girls doing mama and then they have this one it's just like you know coming out of like the boy and girl group like this is how to do it handbook (laughs) we need to write a song about our mom you know we need to have one blonde guy or girl we need to have one who's the baby we need to have the one that's kind of the badass of the group (laughs) yeah And it's like, it's a nice, innocent, beautiful song. But one thing I noticed about Backstreet too, when you talk about the trifecta of boy bands is they they had the cleanest lyrics, I think, of the three. Yeah. Actually, we were always really like straight up pretty clean. The, I think the, the sexiest thing that was ever said was, am I sexual? AKA Nick Carter. Backstreet's if you back want it right. to be good girl, get yourself a bad boy. Yeah, but even that's not perverted. That's- it's 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 a hinting but there's nothing it's a really hint. Perver- yeah yeah but the, i think that that was their major thing is they just it was more the hinting which mm. is funny because they still got the same um like female fan base and they went crazy for them regardless but you know <gasps> oh i got it how about this though we'll go back to the very beginning of the album and the song larger than life when brian sings the line wishing I could thank you in a different way. What is that? What, how does he want to thank us? Huh? It's no. left up for interpretation. Exactly. Yeah. Makes you guess. But you know what? Like Brian is also very Christian. So yep. there's probably a lot that he was like, no, we're keeping it clean. There's guys. probably all know. kinds of things that he might've struggled with during the, the heyday of the band with the temptations and such out there. Hey. Oh, for sure. But, you know, mm. I can respect, like, kind of keeping it, like, clean because, like, in all reality, you're you're leaving yourself open for such a, like, wide fan, ba- fan base. Like, you know, because yeah. um, the thing is, is you could have people as young as five listening to your music and it's okay, you know, yeah. and also people as, you know, old as, like, 50s and 60s that love it. Like, you know, like, yeah. it, they're leaving it so, so open that, I think that's why they they were such a huge phenomenon. Like, because anybody could listen to them and really enjoy their music for different reasons. And I think they've always kept it that way. They've kept it clean throughout the whole run. Um, even when they grew into like older adults, they didn't uh, start getting pervy. <laughs> I don't think yeah. so. No. Um, whereas new kids, uh, they started getting sexual as soon as 1994 hit. <laughs> They're like, okay, we've gone through that phase. Let's move on. <laughs> now we're horny. Y'all know about it. Deal with it. All right. Was NSYNC like that at all? I, There's like... one NSYNC song that I can recall that was pretty horny. Um, Digital Get Down. Oh, yes. Yes, I know. That the one. cyber sex song. Yeah, yeah. It's a good song. It is a good song, actually, yeah. Yeah, but that was, I think, their first four-way into... Four-way. I four-way? should say words. I should say... <laughs> You should say part words properly, but that sounds pretty good. We're really first four-way sexual words tonight. That's the promo right there. 
Oh. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Dope Nostalgia listeners, I love you and I thank you so much for being a part of this show and its success over the last two years. We have what's called Patreon for those who want to support the show financially. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a subscriber and get bonus content, early podcast release, all kinds of cool behind-the-scenes stuff, and more. There's different tiers of membership starting at only $1 a month. And we even have some special merch for you guys who are in it for the long run. So please, join our Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com forward slash dope nostalgia. Throw on your Jinkos, Baby Tees, and Doc Martens, grab your Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper, and join Jackie and Danielle on a journey to the late 90s as we reminisce about the movies of our youth on the No More Late Fees podcast. Don't forget your flannel and butterfly clips. And remember, be kind and rewind. This is pretty basic. It just says that you, the Backstreet Boys, agreed to appear at a Burger King yada yada. And what's the yada yada? A little commercial. Forget it. We don't do commercials. It's not our style, man. We wouldn't even do this for a lifetime it. supply of free Whoppers. Does that rock or what? Now get live music from the Millennium Tour and a new song from their upcoming album on three CDs for two ninety nine each with any value meal. Larger than life. Larger than life. Larger than life <laughs> is also what a great intro to an album. What an energetic start. And no, if you've seen the that video, laugh. that laugh. Diabolical. Thanks, AJ. Yeah. yeah. Kicks off nice. That video, insanely good. And especially for its time, I think it was like pretty you know, cool it, graphics and, and CGI and all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like it was pretty cutting edge back then. Like, of course, like to look at it now probably doesn't hold up, but at the same time back then, like, you know, there was limited, you know, resources for being able to do shit like that, but, uh, Mm -hmm. it was a damn good video and, and a damn good song. Like I thought it was a great, great single. And, um, definitely if, if I had to choose between larger than life and I wanted that way to hear a karaoke, I would choose larger than life. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause the energy, like it goes, I, I have never really gotten sick of larger than life to be honest. Neither. Yeah. It got played a lot, but I, I, it's just, it's such a great energetic song and like, you just want to sing along to it that it's hard not to just still like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, good energy. I love it. Number two on the album was the first single and biggest hit ever for the Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. Nobody knows what that way is. What is that way? (laughs) What is that way? People are confused by this chorus, I find. What does it mean? If you know which way, you should call the hotline and tell us. Yes! What's the number again, Naomi? You should call 780-851-8785 if you know what way they want it. Because I'm sure it's been explained. I'm sure they've been asked. But I've never quite understood what they're asking for. So call and tell us what you guys think. <laughs> Good plan. Good plan. I don't think we have to dwell too much on that song. I mean, I, I think it was cool that that video, although very simple. I mean, it was just the boys in different scenes, dancing around, fans screaming for them. 
airport hangar, all that. Um, still a very memorable, huge video because it did so well. Um, memorable, memorable enough that Blink-182 pretty much did a parody on it. So You got like, it. Yeah. You got it. And it was probably like a year, maybe at the most later. It was very recently. Like yeah, after. it was very, yeah. But it was. It all was the great. small things. <laughs> all right? the small things. Yep. That's the one. Wasn't there a guy dressed as a banana in that video? Oh my God. Yeah, there was. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I don't know what else to say about I Want It That Way because there's really I know nothing. I think everybody knows that song and everybody knows the reasons for loving that song. It's just a damn good, well-written song. Real good melody. Exactly. Yeah. The melody is everything on that tune. Number three, Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely was the third single. And it's also um, more of a sad song. Kind of like I think it's in the minor key. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. And it was written about the loss of their producer, Dennis Pop. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Now, Dennis wasn't one of the writers on it as far I can, I, as I can see. Max Martin was. I think Max Martin and Dennis Pop wrote a lot of music and produced a lot of music together. Um, and he passed away. And then the guys put, it, put this song on the album in, in memory to him. Um, it's beautiful. I really I'm like the end of the chorus harmonies, too tell me why well like when it goes on from there it's like phew, gorgeous yeah no that was actually something that um going back and listening to it because like it was always one of my favorites but going back and listening to it i really love the melody and the choices and and i i love a song when it's in like minor keys like it just it just takes it to such a different place emotionally and i think that obviously they're going for that considering what they wrote it about and um it's it's such a great song and also like the payoff like for this song when they get to the middle part and like you said the at, at the end of the choruses those uh harmonies are wonderful yeah i mean this is the way i had heard it is that it was about dennis pop um but when you look at the wikipedia um and the composition background to the story it doesn't say anything about that um like we said always take wikipedia with a grain of salt of course since it's written by everybody, <laughs> <laughs> but it's basically um, talking about lyrically the song dealing with heartbreak and how the protagonist is dealing with loneliness. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of keeps it simple for you. Uh, yeah, it was nominated for a Grammy for best pop performance by a duo or a group of vocals, and it lost to Steely Dan. Oh wow, Steely Dan! I didn't know was still making music at that time, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> surprising, but no, I like Steely Dan, they're very, yeah. very good, yeah. But yeah, that's what happened. But even just for them to get a nomination is pretty sweet. Well, it like, especially for that song, I, th I thought that it's such a brilliant song. Um, mm -hmm. even leading into the end part of the song where they have the ad libs going over and like, yeah, that continuing like chorus at the end is just it's so well written. The whole album is but yeah i really love that one no oh, i want to watch the video again so bad it's been a while <laughs> the only contribution on this album from mutt lang besides production but as a writer was a, actually co-written with max martin holy crap that's like two masterminds meeting holy shit holy, wow it's, that's it's called it's gotta be you i love that it's song be you 
baby. It's the way you make me. Gotta get me go. Such a Nick thing. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. But you know, like that, it's so rhythmic, but it's so catchy. You can't help but sing along to it. It's such a good song. These are the reasons why we need to have clips right here because there's something I wanted to play off that song. My favorite, I I don't know why I love it so much, but it's the way we go to the bridge. This bridge. Yeah, you know, and they hold that note out. I Perfect. Perfect. Oh, what God. a great song. The, uh, seriously, it's such a bop. I was like, listening to this again before we recorded this and i was like god I, you know i just you kind of when you haven't listened to them for a while and you go back it just renews your like faith yeah. in like how good this album was and this song was just like this is what if people hear this at karaoke why they get just like they just go insane because it's such a good song and it's not it, like that totally could have been a single that would have oh, been like sure. a hit for sure and that's just an album track. Like, I know. That's but how it's good so it solid. Is. Yeah. So solid. You could lead off an album with that track. It's the same hits, the big single. Like it's so strong. Absolutely. And it, you know, it makes so much sense now with Max Martin and Mutt Lang being on it. It's just. The two of them wrote a song together and just minds exploded. It was yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, one sole writer on the next track, track five, was by a gentleman named Andrew Fromm, who had been a writer. I believe he has his own had his own solo career at the time too, but he wrote the song that Nick sings all by his lonesome. All it's called "I Need himself. You, I Need You Tonight." It's such a Nicky Nick Nick song. Like, oh it's, yeah, it totally sounds like it was written for him. It's yeah, it just it fits him, his voice, and his vibe like completely. That like big ballady serenade that he does like and honestly it's such a great showcase for his voice yeah it's perfect does it does it modulate i believe it does it does gotta have a ballad that modulates yeah (laughs) to those who don't know when it's a key change basically when the song goes up a key it adds that huge dramatic effect and a climactic point to the tune that's just awesome um that was produced by mutt lang though but not written Mm. you can hear it yeah I can you always hear it. Sure. You always hear a stamp on everything. Such a good song. Before we go into track six, I just wanted to make a mention of for the hardcore fans. I just want to make a mention of frickin' frack. Frickin' frack. Remember yes. frickin' frack? Of course. Nick and Brian's little pet names. They they were they were the duo, man. Like they BFFs. Even had, they even had toques that said frickin' frack. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one was which though. I th- I think I think that Nick might might have been Frick. <laughs> Is and it Brian Frack? Yeah, but I I could be just 
you know saying that know. because they rhyme let's google it google. i can't remember <laughs> what, i'm literally just gonna put which one's frick and which one's frack and see if it knows frick fracks fruit snack no oh my god <laughs> um oh fuck i gotta frack was a comedic ice Can, skating duo yeah no, that's what i got too a comedic ice skating duo no they oh, weren't skaters who came to the united lies. states in 1937 with i dropped something on the floor freaking frack they don't even talk about bsb oh it doesn't even come out here's the other thing keep the backstreet pride alive hmm that saying yeah k-t-b-s-b-p-a you read it on all <laughs> kinds of things like your notebook yeah yeah your trapper keeper or your tote tote with some hearts that's 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 about all right going on to track six this could be my favorite song on the album the one i gushed over earlier about the concert don't don't want you back that piano part's so cool but you know that that is one thing that i've noticed about songs that are like such like you know a song is great when you want to sing along to the instrumentation too because the thing is is (laughs) it's true because the thing is is you got like everybody thinks that a hook is just like you write a good hook in a chorus or whatever like the instrumentation can be just as much a hook as the choruses and this song i think it really plays into that because the second that you do that don't don't want you back the chorus is really strong um but my favorite part is definitely don't don't want you back i think and oh right off the beginning On everybody backstreets back right here. You hit me faster than a shark attack. You saw my picture on the back streets back in the car. And you yes. have more than just a pretty face. Perfect. Oh, another victim of your sexuality. Why do they always make Nick talk about sexuality? But I should have known that I would be another victim of your sexuality. But now is that basically saying another victim she, of your sexuality? <laughs> she she convinced him. him. With, yeah. She roped him in with her sex. <laughs> with, her, with the sex. She rubbed him in with the sex. <laughs> the sex. Yeah. The sex. Brilliant song. Love it. Love it. Love it. Don't want you back. My number oh. one on this album, I'm sure. Another number- one. If they had if they had made this a single, it would have been a fucking hit for sure. This one of those songs where like, wasn't it a single? No. Mm. It should have been. It should have been. It's I would have good. replaced easily would have replaced the one with Don't Want You Back. Oh, 100%. I, I really liked the one, but this song, 100%. Mm. Like, this could have been, 
as big as I want it that way, I, I would even say possibly. It's just such mm. a possibly. Maybe. Possibly. Those are big words. Those are big shoes to fill. Mm. But it's I think it's that good. That good. Oh, and then from don't that to don't this, don't want to lose you now. Beautiful the two ballad. Don'ts back to back. Yeah. Don'ts are back to back. And it's a beautiful ballad. When I think of the two ballads that I enjoy the most on this album, I think of Don't Want to Lose You Now and Back to Your Heart. Oh, I, I mean, love Back to Your Heart. Yeah. They're similar songs, but very different. Yeah. Um, but they do have a similar quality to them that they, the two songs do remind me of each other sometimes. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, it's funny though. Um, I went back and listened to back to your heart, uh, tonight. Cause I hadn't heard it in a long time. And I'm like, mm. God, I forgot how much I love this song. Like, it's just so good. And I'm like this, it's so funny because like, I, I did the same thing back when I first listened to this album, I'd listen to it and be like, this was my favorite. No, this one's my favorite. No, this yeah. one's my favorite. Yeah. This one, but like it, it, it would change based on you know my mood or and now like it's interesting to listen to it now because like you know when I was 12 you know you didn't really know why you like things you just like things right you know but now as an adult who's experienced a lot more and and I've learned a lot more about music and singing in general like I listen with such different ears now so there's just things about these songs that I've heard that I didn't necessarily hear back when I was 12 or 14. 14 was about the time I was listening to this. Um, And uh, yeah, it's interesting. I like going back and listening to which ones really resonated with me now. Mm -hmm. And Back to Your Heart definitely was one of them. I liked it back then, but like, I really like it now. Um, Between the two of them, the things I think that I find in common are like how the outros are almost like um around for both like yeah. um don't wanna lose you now i know we can win this and then you've got like the main chorus singing over that yeah yeah, yeah. back to your heart does a similar thing at the end where it's like these arms of mine are open wide from now until you know and it so then they have they definitely the are playing on to say going over that yeah they're definitely playing on like structures that you know work but like you know a lot of pop music or pop bands they use those same structures because it's you know it's one of those formulas that works and and pop music is really notorious for that you know there's always recycled music and like or like not recycled music per se but beats and structures that you know, that's why people are a lot of times, I really like this song because it reminds me of this song because it's probably the same structure. So I'm not mm. surprised, but I think that's why the melodies this album totally is different. so good. The melodies are totally different, but the structure is the same. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would include Back to Your Heart and Don't Want to Lose, you know, um, in the same thing. But it's funny because not not the same writers or anything not even the same producers worked on those two songs back to your art. Like Max Martin is all over. Don't want to lose you now. And back to your heart is actually co-written by Brian and Kevin. Oh, wow. And a a couple other writers and producers. So that's um, awesome. So very different personnel on that, which would be like you said, it's a structure thing. 
Now yeah. going backwards, we got to go up to the one, the one, yes. the fourth single from this album. It's a good song. It's fun. I love the bridge of it. There you are, wild and free. That part's fun. Yeah. Like you needed me. <laughs> and the video is just your basic concert video, you know, yeah. just showing everybody having a good time at the show, kind of like a promo for what it's like to be at a Backstreet Boys concert. Um, but it's not my favorite. Um, it's probably my one of my least favorites on the album. And in saying that, that doesn't mean I don't like it because the album's that good. But, and that's the thing, like with this album, even if you were to say it's not my favorite, it's still up there as- I'll still jam out to it. Yeah, you'll still like it. You know, if you, if you were at, say, if you were at at an open mic and some random person started jamming this song, you'd be like, yes, I love this song. But in in comparison to the rest of these songs, maybe not so much. And like, it, it is- um one that's kind of just it's definitely not one that i resonate with as much mm-hmm. as the other ones um it's still really good the harmonies in it are great mm-hmm. um but yeah i i, I definitely it's not one of the ones that i'm just like if i had if i listen to this entire album that's when i i'm like okay mm-hmm. i gotta skip to that song because i want to hear it it's not no <laughs> no I, I i find myself skipping that song sometimes I don't know, uh, I, but that doesn't I mean I don't like song. it. Yeah, um, but yeah, it but just I do. do I do like the 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 beginning of it though, and how they structured the beginning, um, and then come in with that beat at yeah. the very beginning. I do like that part of it, and I do like the the harmonies. So, like, it's still such a good song. But yeah, that beat not- it comes in with sounds like yeah. so many other fucking pop songs of that time. I totally but that, does, but the thing I'll, is, I'll is like, that it Max works. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but it's such a, a great structure that works. Like it really does. It hits you and like invests you into the song. But yeah, in comparison to some of these other songs on it, it's not, it's not the best one. Right. And then number ten was uh, Spanish Eyes, and that's also co-written by uh, Andrew Fromm, who wrote "I Need You Tonight." Spanish Eyes is Howie's Time to Shine. Yeah, because he does all the lead on it, Um, except the bridge. I think that's sang by AJ. I think Brian's in there too. I thought he saw you from a distance, though I never reached that far. I I can't remember. Does Brian sing it too? I think he sings uh, one of the verses. I thought he sang the second one. Ooh, let's listen to it. Let's see if I'm right. Because I I thought this was pretty much all Howie. He does the majority of it. Oh, Brian sings the choruses, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, maybe it's the chorus. Why does this song sound higher than I remember it being? Here we are. I go down. In the arms of one another. And there is a lot of AJ in this, too, actually. One searching for each other. I know the lyrics to every damn song on this album.
the background in those comments. Now, does it go? Does it go back to Howie, or does it go to AJ? Nick. Howie. This is Nick. He's, he comes in so soft for Nick. I totally forgot that everyone sings on. And then he go to. Let's get to that bridge. It must have taken these guys forever to track an album because there's so many layers of harmonies on everything. Oh, I know. Like it's it's crazy, but it's so good. It just it this is why their sound is so distinct because you just mm -hmm. those harmonies are are everything. But yeah, you know it's funny because I I remember Howie being more of the lead on the song too, but I'm like everybody <laughs> sang on it. Uh, but you know, I I love the melody of this song it's so mm -hmm. pretty it's so pretty and i love it's, that and it's not it's not an in-your-face song it's subdued but it's beautiful same mm -hmm. with the next one no one else comes close now if i remember correctly when i think of this song i'm thinking of aj singing the entire thing <laughs> am i wrong or am i wrong let's find out but i feel like this is aj's song lead wise this is one that I don't remember as well. Oh, I gotta play some clips for you. I used to, when this stuff came out, I sat there. I I'll play after. another version of this song that somebody else sang that they covered after this came out should we refer to fact check and charity on that one all right i believe there is another version of this song um pause that for a second i wanted to share back when this stuff came out I had this dual cassette player karaoke machine. This is what, 1999, I'm 20 years old. I'm a student at Grant Mac in the music department. I'm just wanting to sing the shit out of everything and harmonize this and that. 
So I took this album and I would take songs from it, try to play keyboard parts and sing every fucking guy's fucking part on the song. And I put a cassette in the record, hit the hit record, play the piano, put that same cassette on the other side, another cassette, hit record, layer the harmonies because I didn't have an actual digital recording way of doing anything. So you see what I'm saying? I'd end up <laughs> with like seven all. or eight layers of something. And I've have later on I digitalized some of that. So because I'm Show me the meaning of being Oh wait, no. I want to hear the actual chorus. Show me the meaning of being Is this the feeling I need to walk with? That's all I got for you. There's something missing in my heart. I don't even know if I was doing it right. I was just trying. Hey, it sounds like, you know, considering what you had to work with, this sounds pretty good. <laughs> you can hear that it buzz is so hard on it because it's oh, layered and layered totally. and layered. Like the, the way that you can record things now and transpose things like you can sing like if you can't yeah. sing like that low you could just sing it in an octave higher and then just transpose it down and it's just it's just so much easier now <laughs> but i was just like fooling around with it and trying to see if what i could do with it but like i wanted to keep those recordings so i put them on digital just because i was like i want to hear what i was trying to do at 20 you know Hey, it's it's always good to go back and listen to that kind of stuff, right? And, and I was still trying to learn how to sing properly. Like, oh yeah, like so. like when you're 20, you're still you're still kind of like a baby back then. Like mm. I, I think about back then and how I thought I was so grown up, and then now I'm like, oh man, I still have a lot of learning to do. Mm-hmm. No, I'm still not grown up, and I still am far from. <laughs> being being where i want to be but i mean that's what that's it's interesting i don't know but um I, I, we started the episode with the very last song which is the perfect fan um beautiful beautiful way to wrap it up the perfect fan yeah. the perfect out al- the perfect pop album to be quite per- honest it, yeah seriously it it doesn't get any better than this it's hands down mm. just all around solid solid album yeah um and i know that whatever the critics say i've never thought that critics appreciated pop music let alone boy bands because i believe that critics don't really care about what girls have to say and what girls like they don't they never really have um but there's time and a place where you know all of these things cycle again um whether it be all the way back to, you know, the Beatles, Jackson 5, New Edition, New Kids, Backstreet, NSYNC, these things. And, and now we've got like One Direction. Now we've got BTS, right? These things right. cycle. Yeah. And girls have that money that they want to spend on what they love. Um, and girls have a very good sense for melody and have passion for music. So for, for boy bands to be discounted for any reason, it's just not fair in my opinion well especially um like what we were talking about like the level of 
hours and time like that that goes into the songs that they do and like the recording process for them to do all of the vocals that they do and mm-hmm. the, the harmonies like um the melodies that they're choosing they're not um just straightforward basic harmonies or, or melodies like some of them are for sure some of them are very very pop or- oriented but like you know like we were saying with show me the meaning of being lonely like they're singing a lot of minor chords, which is not necessarily the easiest chords to be singing over. There's no. a lot of people that like uh, like an untrained ear can't even tell the difference between a minor and a major key sometimes. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. Um, I would say like to people who, who wouldn't know how to identify the difference, the difference is mainly like what sounds happy and what sounds sad. That's yeah. what they always like to say. Um, yeah. That doesn't, that's not science, but it's kind of a good indicator yeah totally (laughs) absolutely but like you know um you really do have to give them credit um for just how they they're extremely talented guys like from being songwriters and like i was looking at the wikipedia earlier on this album um they credit um nick and brian as being arrangers on the songs so they did a lot Mm. of the arrangements and they also credit uh or no they credit it was nick and kevin that did Mm -hmm. arranging and they credited brian with doing conducting so like you know the fact that like they they are as involved in the process as they are and also like you know they can play some instruments too like we saw nick carter live we saw him play the guitar and he plays the drums like you know they they're talented guys and and i i agree with you it's a shame if uh you know talent gets overlooked just because they're deemed in a lane that is not taken seriously mm-hmm. you know you even look at the spice girls too like they they wrote a lot of their own music and people don't even realize that they they were actually writing a lot of their own music and and you no, know people just look at it as a packaged product that was sold to them manufactured yeah no yeah. like there's a lot that was very organic about them and very organic about this band as well and you know they should be credited with that it doesn't matter what kind of music but like you know with a lot of these kind of critics and award shows, there's a certain type of lane or person or artist or whatever that they go for. And it's a shame because some really talented people sometimes get overlooked. You know, what's funny is when you hear about people talking about boy bands or girl bands, or whatever, Spice Girls, this and that as pre-packaged products, people that one guy put together, it's not a fair thing to say because Yes, there's an audition process. There is an audition process for everything you see and hear out of Hollywood or anywhere. Mm-hmm. There is an audition process for everything. There's an audition process when you do your garage band. Yep. I audition people to be in my band. Yeah. It doesn't make them any less credible. Yeah. No, just because they're not like a big name, you know, head mm-hmm. of the label type guy doesn't mean that. Yeah, so each person's being auditioned to be a part of it be based on the fact that they already have the talent to be there. Yeah. So that's another reason why you can't slack on these guys. It's not fair. It's not fair to uh, boy bands. It's not fair to, it's, it's just, yeah. If people don't get it and it's not for them, that's cool. 
but it's funny how they get attacked. <laughs> but you know, like it, it, it's just like kind of the nature of this, um, like industry as a whole, but also as the genre. Like you know, going back to talking about Hanson and how much flack there was about them, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that they had long hair. There were boys that had long hair, and so people were like, "Oh my God, you like Hanson?" Like these boys had long hair in the eighties too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and, and not to mention, like, oh, like you like that song Mbop? I'm like, you realize that, you know, Zach Hanson was twelve years old when they they wrote it. They wrote it. They wrote a fucking massive hit at twelve. They play. They played multiple instruments. Like they all could play drums, guitar. Uh, piano they could play other rhythmic in instruments like oh. all of them could do this by the age of fucking like oh god like younger than 10 years old i've seen like books where they talk about uh you know or, or show like show them playing gigs when they were just little and playing mm -hmm. instruments i'm just like you know why harp on them for being this pop band that you don't like i'm like you're completely bypassing the fact that they are not only playing their own own instruments but also harmonizing at such a young fucking age <laughs> anybody with any kind of musical intelligence will be able to agree with the fact that hansen have talent and always have and that they're amazing the people who diss on this kind of thing are dissing because they have no talent and they don't want to do anything but disc it's whether it's a jealousy thing but they just think it's funny and cool to make fun of something because they don't have it yeah. like why would you make fun of hansen oh you look like girls oh well that's a really fucking intelligent thing to say you stupid fuck sorry i'm getting <laughs> angry i'm getting angry because i hate when people diss something just because they have no knowledge of how to interpret it they're right. making themselves look dumb i oh, i agree and uh you know like like i said you're you're overlooking the things that are amazing about what they do you know yeah. like i said with, with hansen like it it should have been completely celebrated and like mm -hmm. exciting to see these young kids doing all that they were doing at their age and like doing it well and you know same with the backstreet boys you know like when nick carter um first started with them he was only what 16 years old younger like yeah and I'm like, you know, and like vocally, they're they're some of the best singers. I like, especially like in the boy band realm. Like they're just solid, solid, talented singers and musicians and songwriters. And you know, put aside the fucking labeling and just look at it for what it is, you know. At the end of the day, we live in a world in a society that when people are doing well and they're succeeding, people want to tear them down. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it is. So it doesn't matter who you are. If you if you have a phenomenal amount of success, no matter what it is you're doing, there's people mm -hmm. out there that don't like you having that. It's true. And, and it's going to happen. It's an unfortunate thing. Yeah. But you know what? Like if you take it as like and spin it around and be like, well, if I got people who aren't liking what I'm doing, I must be doing something right because like you, you've made yeah. it in that sense, right? Because if, you know, if you haven't, people aren't going to care. Right. And a lot of times with the boy bands, it's like, these guys are getting the girls that I'm not. 
Oh God. I could just imagine the girls I've gotten back in the day, <laughs> even now still, but they're all like married with kids. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. As everybody, you know, grows up and, and does their thing. But the good news is that the Backstreet Boys are together. The five of them are still together. They did a, a Vegas residency at Planet Hollywood for a while. I think pre-COVID. And then I think they were about to do another one until like they had to shut that one down because of COVID. But yeah. um, there'll be more. There'll be more happening. Of course, they did the whole the whole thing with NKOT BSB. That was a really, really fun project. And at the same time, there has been a tiny bit of chatter about that being a possibility again in the future, but I don't really see that in the books. I'm sure the fans would love it. Oh, I'd be there again. That was a fun show. That was oh, a cool show yeah. because I could go with my girlfriends who were a bit younger that I worked with. Um, and so they were like huge Backstreet fans. And they didn't really know new kids, right? So me being a fan of both, I was just like in my glory. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. Well, if that ever happens again, you know, we're going to have to go. We're going to that. Yes. But thank you for talking to me today about Millennium because it Absolutely. was just, I thought it was the perfect way for my decade of the year 2000 to start. It was my favorite album to bring in that year with and it definitely was Perfect. one of my most memorable albums from back then. And it's honestly, I'd say it's probably my favorite one by the Backstreet Boys. And I, I loved going back down memory lane with you on this one and getting mm -hmm. to re-listen to some of them. And like, what a fantastic album. Hey kids, put down that Tamagotchi and listen for a second. You know, you can follow us on Twitter at NostalgiaDope, Instagram at Dope underscore Nostalgia. Visit our website at www.dopenostalgia.com or pick up the phone and call us at 780-851-8785. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.